Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. friends and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Before we get started, let's do some shout outs. Benjamin just turned six in October. I hope your birthday was awesome and you got a little spaceship and a robot dog to go on space adventures with you and a magic wand that zaps things into donuts and a duck named Pickles that tells you the future and a big bucket of goofballs. Benjamin, I think if you were in the stories, you'd be a spaceship captain that has a fleet of space puppies who do your bidding. Thanks for listening, Benjamin. Jasper Fox also loves the stories. Jasper, I think if you were a character, you would be a giant tamer. And whenever giants jump down from the clouds, you'd climb up their bodies and ride them like a wild bull, eventually taming them so that they don't stomp everyone's houses to bits. Thanks for listening, Jasper. And Jupiter from the Blue Mountains of New South Wales shared some really cool drawings. Jupiter, I think if you were a character in the story, you would be a wind wizard who talks to butterflies and can disappear into the wind to travel to different places. Thanks for listening, Jupiter. Today's story is written for some listeners and Patreon subscribers and their dogs. This episode is titled Space Shipwreck, and I hope you like it. It was a beautiful day in the Wibley sector. Ben and his sister Emmeline readied the ship for another day among the stars. Emmeline, did you repack the rations? asked Ben as he checked the readouts on their little spaceship's control screen. Of course I did, said Emmeline, for us and the dogs. Just then, their dogs Barnaby and Roscoe barreled into the control room, eager for another day of mining gemstones from the asteroids of the Halifax asteroid belt. All right, then, said Ben, still tapping at his screen. Everything looks good here. You good? Emmeline began tapping on her screen as well, checking the ship's systems to be sure everything was in working order before takeoff. Uh, looks like we've got a wonky sensor reading on one of the external modules, noticed Emmeline. It's probably nothing, though. Yeah, we'll check it out when we get back, said Ben. I'm pretty excited to get up there. I've got the location of that last asteroid we saw... Just as we were leaving last time, it was loaded with gems. Barnaby, Roscoe, sit, Emmeline said, and the dogs each hopped into their captain's chairs, prepared for the launch. 
Emmeline took a moment to strap the dogs into their harnesses and returned to her control station. Their ship was small. The cabin was just big enough for the four of them. The dogs each had a chair that they were strapped into during flights. And Ben and Emmeline each sat at their own captain's chair with access to screens and control panels. Emmeline plopped down into her own seat and fastened her harness. All right, we'll go for launch. Go for launch, repeated Ben. Launch in three, two, one. Thrusters on the little spaceship gently pushed the craft into the air and it hovered just above the ground. A second later, it blasted up through the clouds and out into space. Not far from their home planet was the Halifax asteroid belt, where a long, thick cluster of space rocks stretched hundreds of miles. Valuable gemstones and metals were lodged deep within some of these asteroids. Ben and Emmeline spent most of their days chipping away at the asteroids and collecting the valuable gems inside. A few hours later, their little ship was maneuvering among the huge floating space rocks. There it is, said Ben. That's the one. He steered the ship to face a specific asteroid that appeared in the front view screen. Yes, I can see some gems sticking out from here, said Emmeline. Let's get to it. Emmeline unfastened her pilot's harness. She turned to Barnaby, a huge St. Bernard, and unfastened his harness. Are you ready, Barnaby? Do you want to go float in space with me, big boy? She asked the dog in that silly voice you use with dogs and babies. Barnaby leaped out of his chair and sat right next to the side hatch of the ship. Emmeline unlatched Roscoe, a huge Malamute mix, and he barreled right next to Barnaby. The two big dogs waited for their canine space helmets. Once Emmeline, Roscoe, and Barnaby were outfitted in their space gear, they entered the exit hatch and floated out into space. Radio check. Do you copy, Ben? Emmeline said into her helmet comms. Loud and clear, said Ben, guiding the ship from his pilot's chair. Why don't you lead the way and I'll open up the scoop right behind you? Emmeline floated out toward a nearby asteroid, grabbing onto its rocky surface. Roscoe and Barnaby, looking silly and cute in their doggy spacesuits, leaped off the asteroids and tumbled into each other. Each dog was securely tethered to the ship with space rope to ensure they didn't just float away. Using the control panels in the cockpit, Ben opened up a small compartment in the front of the ship. Emmeline, cozy in her spacesuit, began using tools to chip gemstones out of the asteroid. She hammered a pick into the stony surface and little bits floated off into the void. Whenever she broke free the shiny gemstones, she grabbed them and tossed them into the open compartment in the front of the ship. Ben also deployed mechanical arms from the spaceship. He controlled these arms from his cockpit. Sometimes he would use the arms to help Emmeline break the gemstones free, or sometimes he used them to hold the floating asteroids in place. They were a good team, and soon the little storage compartment in the front of the spaceship was jam-packed with shiny gems. Emmeline gave Ben the thumbs up through the view screen, and he pressed a button, closing the compartment, securing the valuable gems for their trip back home. Emmeline called the dogs back inside and they began to maneuver the ship out of the asteroid field. This 
is probably our biggest haul yet, said Emmeline. Did you see all the sunstone I pulled out of there? Maybe we'll earn enough to get some upgrades for the ship. I hope so, said Ben. This old bucket of bolts could use some improvements. Just then, the ship's alarm sounded. A loud beep repeated over and over. Bright red emergency lights flashed and a computer voice said, Proximity alert. Proximity alert. Proximity alert. Proximity alert? Why didn't the sensors pick it up? yelled Ben. It must have malfunctioned. Ben, it looks like an out-of-control asteroid is coming at us from the port side. We we've got to move now, said Emmeline in a panic. Normally, the ship's sensors kept track of all the floating rocks out there in the asteroid belt, and the ship would automatically move itself slightly, just enough to avoid getting smashed into by a fast-moving space rock. Only this time, one of the ship's sensors didn't notice the incoming asteroid until it was close enough to set off the alarms. The thrusters aren't primed yet. D -d -d There's no time. Brace for impact, yelled Ben, just before a loud boom and the screeching sound of metal being crushed and ripped apart. Emmeline and Ben were rocked in their seats, and the dogs were nearly tossed across the bridge. The impact knocked their spaceship spinning out of control, and it smashed into another asteroid. Another loud boom sounded through the bridge, and the ship was rocked again. Ben and Emmeline could see broken parts of their own ship floating through space now as they spun wildly out of control. Some parts of the ship were damaged in the cabin as well, and some of their controls sparked and flickered off. We're going to need to make a crash landing, Emmeline, said Ben, trying to get the ship's controls to respond by tapping frantically on the control panel in front of him. The closest planet is Arc-19, said Emmeline, trying to read a map of planets as the image flickered on her broken view screen. Arc-19, we, we can't go there. It's still not safe, said Ben. We don't have a choice, Ben. Take it down and we'll send off a rescue beacon. It's our only chance, yelled Emmeline. The two worked the controls of their busted-up ship just enough to direct it at the closest planet. Unfortunately, the closest planet was Arc-19, probably one of the most dangerous planets in their solar system. The banged-up ship flew out of control down to the surface. Ben and Emmeline activated the emergency parachute, and the smoking husk of a ship floated gently down to the surface. Finally, with a loud thoom sound, the ship landed and remained still. The parachute floated down, covering the ship. Before the two released themselves from their pilot chair harnesses, they looked around the bridge. They tested their computers to see how bad the damage was. Oh, the main thrusters are completely unresponsive, said Ben. Navigation is offline or just busted, and the mapping system is kaput, added Emmeline. And worst of all, comms are down. We can't send a distress signal without fixing something. Ah, oh, nuts, said Ben. So what do we do? The two looked through their front viewing window and out onto Arc-19. It was a planet full of rich minerals and valuable ore. At one point, it was mined heavily. Massive corporations sent huge teams of robots and humans down to the surface to extract the minerals from the ground. At some point, though, the robots' code became corrupt, and they turned on the humans. The robots went crazy, and the human workers had to evacuate. Some companies had tried to come back down to drill, but they were always met with heavy resistance. The robots were still out of control, and they blasted humans on sight. 
So, people avoided the planet entirely. Ben and Emmeline crash-landed right near a mining operation. Not far from their busted-up ship, they could see old buildings full of equipment and vehicles that were abandoned years ago. You know, there's more than enough parts in those buildings to repair our ship, said Emmeline. Yeah, and there's hundreds of completely out-of-control corrupt robots ready to blast us to bits on sight, said Ben. While Ben and Emmeline stared upon the old industrial buildings in the distance, they heard a bark behind them. Oh, we should probably let the dogs out for a little bathroom break, said Ben. They all four exited the ship. While Roscoe and Barnaby did their business, Ben and Emmeline walked around the ship, making a mental list of everything they needed to fix before they could take off again. You know we're going to need to go in there, right? said Emmeline, looking at the buildings in the distance. We have to sneak over there and get some new thruster coils and some fuel cells and some mapping modules. Without those three things, we are not getting off of this planet. I know, sighed Ben. We're in a tight spot. Our, our best hope is to sneak in undetected. Should we leave the dogs here? Emmeline thought for a moment. No, they'd probably just end up barking and drawing attention to themselves or something, she said. I think we should bring them along with us. Emmeline didn't want to say what they were both thinking. That it would be nice to have the dogs along for protection from the robots. Both Roscoe and Barnaby were huge, pretty much as big as dogs get. But they were not security dogs, and Emmeline and Ben didn't want to see them get hurt. But they figured they were best off staying together. They gathered some things from their ship and made their way toward the big industrial buildings hoping they could get in and out without alerting any robot guards. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com and find hours and hours more stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios! <laughs>